Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And welcome back to Katie's Crib. I'm super stoked and scared for this episode. Um, we're going to be talking today about discipline. That's a trigger word for some people. Some people like that word. Some people don't like that word. But let's. we're going to talk about setting limits for young toddlers um, and about how babies, they grow and they move around. They start to explore the world around them. But they are also simultaneously testing their boundaries. And this is a massive topic, as all you guys know. And there are no easy answers is what it sounds like to me. Um, So I have three awesome guests here today um, who have different approaches for helping kids navigate all through their world safely. First, I want to welcome Dr. Rebecca Schrag-Hirschberg. I'm going to just call you, can I call you Rebecca? Or do we call you doctor? You can call me Dr. Schrag-Hirschberg the whole time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Schrag-Hirschberg. Okay, so Rebecca, she is a child psychologist and a mother herself. Um, She's also the author of an upcoming book called The Tantrum Survival Guide. There's such a part of me that's like, do I have to get that book? I'm going to have to get that book, right? Oh, God. But isn't I? I'm just going to have an angel who's never going to have a tantrum. No. Okay. Okay. 
And she's also the founder of Little House Calls Psychological Services, PLLC. And then our next guest is Kristen Eliasberg. She is a Rye instructor and a mom. And Rye stands for Resources for Infant Educators. Yes. Educaring was the word that Magda Gerber, who founded Rye, coined to describe what she feels we are doing as parents, which is educating through how we care for our children. Yes. And Rye has been a really cool. I, I came to the Rye method because I nannied a family that, it, that I went to the baby's classes, Rye classes, and then I had a baby and I've been taking them also with my son. Um, so Kristen is a certified Rye associate, as we said, and she's a mentor, and she's the founder of Present Parenting, where she ter- teaches the Rye parent-infant guidance classes. And then last but definitely not least, we have the one, the only, Lori Gelman. Thank God. <laughs> they wouldn't want more of me. Let me just tell you that. She is a mom of two, and she is the author of the book that I am currently reading called Class Mom. And as you guys all know, uh, listening to Katie's Crib, I really rely on humor uh, getting through this motherhood thing. And this book provides so much of that in my life. So thank you, Lori, for that. My pleasure. (laughs) So let's get started in talking about this. First of all, this word discipline. Okay, Uh, is that even the right word to use? And you can have you guys can agree to disagree. Like, that's all fine. Crossfire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you think, Rebecca? What do you think of the word discipline? I don't like or really use the word discipline. I fre- Frequently, it's where I meet people to have these conversations because they come in with that word. But I think um, I, I think it's much more, as you said in your introduction, about how toddlers and young kids explore the world and helping them do that and navigate that in a safe and nurturing way. I do think that limits are a very important part of that, helping kids figure out where are the boundaries and and I think knowing where their limits are helps them figure out who they are, who, what their relationships are. I think it's a really important part of social and emotional development. Okay, so discipline is not a word that you are a fan of. I don't For like it. young kids. I mean, again, it's not a it's not a trigger word for me. I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone used that word. However, in my thinking and my writing it's not it's not a word that i think is helpful in conceptualizing kids at this age and what they need and what they benefit from and how we best help promote the behaviors we want to see sure and what do you think kristen um i would tend to agree um i think i actually was talking amongst some my colleagues about this upcoming podcast nice and, nice um, what they gotta say well the, deborah solomon who was the former executive director mm-hmm. at rye um had a really interesting take which was to uh look at the root of the word which is disciple so that it's not i think di- the word discipline i think immediately conjures up this sort of like i am the authority and you are the the being that must be chastised kind of it's like uh, how do you scold somebody it's, sure. i mean it, it rarely has a sort of p- very positive connotation on the other hand disciple is more like you know we are modeling for our toddlers and young children and our older children um the behavior that we want to inspire so Oof, you know if you think so of it that right way the it, it's, that. i mean certainly limit setting is a is a better word to use but it also kind of gives it a new, another perspective on what we're doing because it's really about our relationship with our children and our connection with them it's not about how we can get them to do certain things yeah. or how do we you know scold them or punish them or you know it's really inspiring the behavior that we want them to have love that mm-hmm. 
What do you think, Lori Gelman? <laughs> well, I think I'm in way over my head. <laughs> no, you are not. You and I both. We're the moms. Listen, listen. I mean, I know we're all moms, mom. but but we're the moms who are just like call it what you want. It's it's basically forming your child and and showing them the way and giving them the ideas of what they're going to grow up with. And right. I, I you know discipline. It's just a word, really. Right. And and you know my grandmother used to be like, "Where's my stick?" And like that was we knew that was like we yes. were in big trouble. So yes. now, thank goodness we don't do that anymore. But I think that uh, no matter what you call it, it's just it's just molding the kids into what uh, the human beings they should be. Sure. Sure. Rebecca, look, what do you add? Okay, so Albie's a year. So what do I have to look forward to in the next couple of years? Like, what are the typical, what's the common acting out at this age? Like, what what are, what do you see? Like, when parents come with you, like, what are they freaking out about? So many things. Um, I mean, I think, <laughs> oh, I think typical, quote unquote, tantrums begin, they can begin as early as 12 months, but it also depends on how we define tantrums. And I certainly talk about that. We all use that word kind of left and right. I think of tantrums and I define tantrums as expressions of emotion mm-hmm. that are perhaps not um, well regulated. And a lot comes down to sort of where kids' brains are at this stage. And their prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that plans and judges and can think about how they want to act in certain ways is not at all developed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a metaphor I love, which is that it's like an air, your toddlers are like airport traffic control centers without the traffic control. <laughs> like There's like planes flying in and out. And no one knows. And, and so you see kids that are really impulsive, that are really emotional, that are really egocentric. And a lot of times parents get really frustrated with those behaviors and expect that kids won't do them because they tell them not to do them. But their brains don't know how to do them and aren't capable of doing them. And that's, I would say, often a really Mm. base starting point for families is where is your kid developmentally? So, for example, Albie May, um, you know, you say don't, you know, don't throw that spoon. And so then he kind of hits you a little bit. And it's sort of like, don't hit. Well, he's already, he he didn't think like, oh, I'm angry at mom, so I'm going to hit her. It's impulsive. It's an emotional reaction. It's like saying to you, you know, um you know, Katie, go, go. And now I'm, of course, under pressure. I'm not going to think Oh, please, what, but whatever. But something that you're really not capable of doing. Sure. You know, like, go say a paragraph in Greek now. Right. And you're going to be like, no. Watch I, this. Yeah. <laughs> Hold my beer. You're going to yeah. blow my mind. Right. You're going to blow my mind and do it. But no, because it's, you literally, you can't do it. And you're not capable of doing it. And so no matter how many times I tell you to do it, you're not when does that. rational thought, I guess, that's when, when does that come into play? Like, like when the mother of teenagers usually answer. Yeah, like, I, I'm, well, you, I'm still waiting. Not yet. Oh, oh God. <laughs> they yeah, actually, I mean, full full yeah. rationality. But you, I don't think you can you can rationalize with kids until they're at least. And I'm not an expert on it, but for my kids, it was a, it was the negotiating started maybe at four, mm-hmm. where you, they could see the cause and effect, and they could see the benefits of doing it my way versus their way. Sure. And it depends on mood. It's all mood dependent. Mood, yeah. None of us can rationalize when we're hungry, super and tired. excited, or hungry and tired, or or frustrated. You know, when when my husband tries to problem solve when I'm still like really ramped up, I can't hear that you know it, we it depends right. on kind of what is going on in all of our brains what i will say is that executive functioning and that prefrontal cortex has been shown not to be fully developed until 20s and that's why <gasps> holy so much, shit it's not that bad, it's not that bad. no but it's why there's so much po- i mean not to 
go off on a tangent. You can edit it out, but it's why there's so much debate about like how we treat adolescents in the criminal justice system. Sure. Like their brains are not fully cooked. Sure, sure. So we can leave that over here and talk about it on another podcast. No, but, that's very um, it's it's very helpful. So I mean and super I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I had a child. Um <laughs> Um So how do you go about setting limits like i i i know what makes me uncomfortable i know i have a mommy instinct gut right like i know there are certain family members i have that will go unnamed that definitely have like shaken their kid in front of me in public when they acted out and i was like oh that's not for me you know or like some more old school ways of disciplining or whatever you know my husband comes from a family that was like super old school and like he got spanked and like my family is like so like hippy dippy and like my I was never even grounded like every time I got in trouble it ended up like okay you can go to your room and think about what you've done and then my dad would come in and sit at the end of my bed and he would cry more than I would you know what I mean (laughs) like he would be hysterical about like let's discuss maybe a better choice would have been x y or z or whatever but did that frustrate you at all and were you at some point like just yell at me and get it over with or just do you know what i mean like i I deserve it give me give me a punishment i'm like no i was perfect um (laughs) no i i was always one of those kids that it meant far more to me if i it was far worse to disappoint my parents than it was to get in trouble like i was so like you know just i i really uh, you know, if I disappointed my family, like that felt shitty. Like that but was. That's an interaction right there. Like you were probably temperamentally going to lean in that direction. And then you had a dad that would respond in such a way that, sure. of course, it was worse. Sure. And so I would say all those. Qu- I mean, there are without a doubt some basic principles. And I'm sure. But but I would say without a doubt, it's about your individual kid and you as a parent and how that fits together. So it's different for every kid. But like, what about these? I used to be, I was a nanny for like 15 years, right? And like some, like I babysat in a rye household, right? Where if a kid had a tantrum, it was very much a lot about... I see that you're very upset. I hear that you're upset. And I would be there for the child and just really go through it with them. And it was over in a few minutes. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. And I wasn't trying to change the current thing. I also worked in households where timeouts were like a big thing, you know, and I I don't know where I fall. I, I think I lean definitely more towards the rye method, but I know that my husband don't. <laughs> so, I mean, like, just to get back to your comment about yes, like, well, why did I have a child and hopefully <laughs> get you onto the more positive side of that question? You know, when you think about the upcoming years, which will be full of limit testing, and 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 every day there will be be more of it, and and you will often feel like you wish there weren't. But when you think about it, if you just kind of flip the coin a little bit and think about, well, these are opportunities for us to build our connection because he's limit he's testing those limits because he wants to have me set them and by setting them i'm giving him the example of how to behave in the world how i can be the sort of commander of the ship keep things safe for him make his world you know a, a functioning place right. because i will set the limit and i think um Lori. Lori is Lori absolutely Gelman. right. Class that, yeah, Lori Gelman. Lori is absolutely right that they're, they're, they're asking you to just say, this is the limit. 
and you can't go any further and I won't let you go any further. And that's what they want to hear and that's what they need to hear. And by doing that, you are establishing, again, reconnecting with them. Oh, so I, I have to change it in my brain. I have to change it in my brain. You're in, you know, we're you not are. on different teams, you guys. No, yeah, and you need to huge. you need to show the united front. That is the thing. They will sense. They can smell a crack in the armor. So oh, you God. need to always have a, a united front in with the, the parents anyway, or with the, the nan. Well, you like, meant, you with, meant that you and your kid were on the same team, and then you're saying you and your partner. I meant you and your kid. I mean, because this is well, we're all on the same team. I mean, the joyful parts of parenting, we all know what those are. Sure, but you know the. Also, the setting limits is 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 almost more important and can, you know, and in some ways sort of deeply more joyful because you're being strong. You're meeting your child where he is. And- I use the metaphor often of like a 14-year-old who doesn't have a curfew, who deep down wants a curfew. And that kid is going to show off to all his friends that he doesn't have a curfew. And that kid's going to, in the moment, be like, this is friggin' awesome. I get to stay out till three in the morning and, like, eat pizza yeah, when all my friends have like, to go home. Love her, no one cares. And then at three in the morning, he's by himself. And it's like, I just wish my parents would step up and be the grownups. And part of being the grownup is setting a limit. And it can be, over time, really anxiety-provoking for kids to feel like they hold so much power in the equation that they're... It's not to say that limits can't be nurturing and collaborating and whatever, but they also do need to know there's an overall structure in place that they're not so powerful that they can break because that's terrifying as a four-year-old. If you think you're steering the ship at four, it's over time a pretty (sighs) damaging place to live. Yeah. I was raised by wolves. I mean, I was... (laughs) I was the sixth child, and oh my um, god! Yeah, and it was no. Literally, I would I would come home from a three night sleep out when I was in seventh grade, um, like with the school, and I'd come. My my mother forgot I was coming home, and she didn't pick me up at the school, so I had to lug all my stuff home. And I walk, walk into the kitchen. She's like, "Oh, you're home. Did you have a good time?" I mean, I hated that part of my life. I hated. Wow. I loved the kids who, you know, whose parents were always on them about this and that. I envied those kids. And now, when my daughters beg me not to go to their volleyball games or their lacrosse games or whatever. I'm like, I don't give a shit what you want. I'm going to every single game because no one ever no one ever came to my games. Right. It would literally be, oh, did you win? You know, like nobody right. cared. And I want I don't want my either girl to ever feel like I don't one hundred percent care about what's going on in their life. Oh, that's so nice. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease escape to summer with victoria's secret pack your bags with just arrived swim cover-ups corset tops and other sexy silhouettes when the sun goes down opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push-up bra from the very sexy collection in on-trend hues like black shine green and citron 
For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. So... Can you give me, um, each of you guys, like, specific ways that adults set – I know it's different on the age, but, like, how you would set a limit? Like, is a timeout a thing? Is it, it like, no, you can't do that? What about the word no? Like, teach me what I'm supposed to be doing. In 10 minutes or less. Yeah, Yeah. in 10 minutes or less. Um, You're looking at me. Read your book. Read your book. Read your book. book. Obviously. (laughs) Um, I think that there's some – Okay, so when you talk about timeouts and you talk about nurturing and being empathic, I think we have to talk about what we're talking about. Like if your child is having an emotional reaction to not getting another cookie, that is an emotional reaction that wouldn't ever merit a timeout. I mean, if we're talking about specifically tantrums, even people who use timeouts, timeouts are one of, let me just say, one of the most widely misunderstood and misapplied concepts mm. of all time. And I'm happy mm. to go through why if anybody's interested in hearing that. I think they can be and have been shown over and over and over again to be very useful and effective if done in a very specific way and context. Um They've gone off the rails and then they've been misunderstood and then what? And again, oh yeah, you mean like making the kids sit in like a naughty chair and counting down for a certain or amount doing of time it for crying too loud, which is never what I mean. It, oh it, it, god, again, it's that's of, horrible. It's sort of it's meant to be like for a discreet behavior that you and your child have been able to decide upon in advance in a home with a lot of warm and love and time in all the time. A very quick taking away of attention for a very concrete period of time when that child gets bored because they can't do anything 
Like that, that it's and it's yeah. Very... We had that in my house. It was called the naughty chair. It was fucking hilarious. Um. We loved it. We had two chairs. Wait, wait, <laughs> like who, you and your husband? No, my yeah. oh, parents. Like parents. Okay. they're you know they were making shit up on the spot. They were like five years old when they had us, and they just like really didn't know what they were doing. And your dad was crying in the corner. Yeah. Oh, my dad's such an emotional <laughs> being. Like he's so open, and and my mom is. Um, they were just both not great at the word discipline. Like right. they, I mean, we had curfews and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, if we were really, if it was, if my brother and I were super mean to each other, it was normally where we would get into big trouble. You know, like you can't say shut up to each other. Mm-hmm. You can't call each other stupid. You can't hit each other. You know, things like that. And when that would get out of control, it would say, okay, the two of you have to go sit in those chairs. <laughs> and face the wall we both face the wall we would sit there for like four minutes and then by the end of the four or five minutes we'd be hysterical laughing at each other and it would be over and sort of quelched but um i guess that was their equivalent of sort of a timeout like a break in the in the cycle little kids so much we talked about this a little bit before the mics were on um and and chris i think you were here we're talking about setting kids up for success i mean so much i would say is being able to anticipate on the front end what your child is like, what you are like, what are your hot button issues? Like you'll probably notice as Albie gets a little older, there are things that he does that make you insane and your husband's sitting there like perfectly okay. Then he does something that you thought was funny and your husband's about to lose his mind. And so it's figuring out like, who am I? Who am I with my partner? Who is my kid? Not in this, don't, not in this like crazy shrinky, like, oh, I have to take notes and understand everything, but just... My, you know, my kid gets cranky at X time of day. Like, if I bring a snack, I can avoid a lot of the, you know, it's a lot of that kind of... Cutting it off at the pass. Like, knowing that maybe your kid's having a meltdown because you brought them to this thing, so the nap was skipped. So there we're setting them up for a total possible shitstorm. Right? Of course. (laughs) And and it can be something even from last week. You know, we had had family in town uh, for the whole week. And everything was great and everyone was having fun. And all of a sudden, my my son is doing these strange things that he's never done before and he won't behave in this, you know, the ways that he has behaved before. And I wonder what that's about. It's like, oh, right. He's had right. to be on and be behaving. And, and had be, so much and attention. Have all this stimulus, and right. he's had a completely different environment for the whole for the whole week, which and all of it was fine. You're like, well, that went well. But, you know, he may be showing the signs of it a week later. Wow. That's really good. Did you ever read the book <laughs> Mama Mama? Uh, Llama Llama Mad at Mama. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a brilliant book Mm -hmm. because it really does – it makes so much sense. Like he was just about to take a nap and then he had to wake up because he had to go. And so all these things are are coming into play and he finally has a meltdown and the mother's trying to figure out why. But, you know, in the book, they they spell it out so beautifully. Mm. And, I mean, it's going to happen to every kid. There's no child that does not have a meltdown at some point. There's no person. Like I had one yesterday. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think – but that's important. Like we're – you know, they are having emotions and we hold them to a standard. You know, when I I often talk to parents, like, what are you like when you're hungry? And some parents are like, I'm fine. I can I'm a straight hours. up asshole. Right. Others yeah. are like, like I, asshole. I always say nightmare. kids only act the way adults would if it was socially acceptable. And, and I, right. Some adults. <laughs> like, and I also think that some adults, I think it's really, again, there are, there are hard and fast principles. Like I always go back to love and connectedness and limits. There are quick and dirty tools. But any article or anything that's like 10 ways to make sure your kid never has a tantrum again it's 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 just not quite that simple you can have those 10 tools in your toolbox but you're never going to get away 
to my mind, from the deeper work of figuring out how to anticipate your kids' needs, how to figure out your own shit, and how to kind of look at the larger context of what's been happening in your family and your environment. And you, Can, know, you asked about yeah. uh, some examples of discipline. Yes. I think it's so age-dependent because um, – at one, I think we actually were discussing a little bit like when does it start? I mean, it can start with with a you know a child who's um, old enough to sit on his own, but is or, and is beginning to pull up and is continually pulling up on you, for yeah. example. Yep. And it, it it's actually disciplining, and I'm saying in quotes yes. in air quotes, yes. <laughs> which you can't see. Um, that to to say you know I, I I don't want you pulling up on me. You can pull up on. The bookshelf, yeah, you know, or someplace safe, whatever is. Safe. I'm doing that right now and, when he bites my nipple. Yeah, right. I, I don't want you to do that. I feel like that's my first sort of like, it's you know, and he looks up me in the eye like, <laughs> like he know we've been through it enough now mm-hmm. to know that I don't like it, and he gets the boob taken away. Like, okay, well then that's your sign that like you're having a hard time. We're having biting. a hard time, and we're not doing this, and so you can chew on something else. Yeah, and you guys, breastfeeding is very close thing. to being done. <laughs> yeah, and, not, and but it's a very it's not. <clears throat> It's a consequence that makes sense, which is always the way. It's not like, oh, this is a rent, like, you're going to bite my nipple and therefore I'm going to take away your blanket. Like, it's no. like, it's a very natural right. train of thought. Like, you're biting me. That hurts. And so I'm going to take away this body part that you're hurting. Right. Which is how, as you said before, the world works. You and know, I try to explain layers. it to him while it's happening. I mean, I know, yeah, no. again, the rational <laughs> thinking is like, whatever. It's probably more for me, to be honest, than mm-hmm. him because you're just he, like your dad. Just yeah. like my dad, you guys. Oh, well, I, I am. Those I think you want to try to also just keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, that hurts me. And I'm so I'm not going to let you do it. And See? not like, don't get into it. Too guys, much Katie's crib is all about me. <laughs> all about my selfish need of figuring out how to do this well. So thank you. Okay, so I say it short. Because, and I think as they get older as well, I think the temptation, Lori mentioned it, is to sort of rationalize, you know, well, you know, if you eat a lot of pizza, you'll start, you might have a stomachache later. And then, you know, that's actually not very healthy food. And here's why. I mean, it's too much. It's just, you know, you had one piece and that's all we said you were going to have. I always think of Mike. What? We can do that? Right. Keep it simple. Oh, I thought we were all like. And, and, but also, you know, I understand you want more. I know it's delicious. But we said that today we'd have one piece. So that's what we're it's doing. It's the Mike Myers. It's zip it. What was that movie that he's like, I always am like, zip it, zip it, stop. Like, wow. So you can it. really talk yourself out like it's too much. It's too much. And also because you're the. Oh God, guys! This is this is such a hot topic for me because I really, I'm such a fluid. Like I, I'm gonna have a very hard time. Like my, again, kids aren't dogs, but we're gonna go to my dog for a second. My dog is a terrible dog because I had no boundaries, no, no limits. Bad mom. And I'm glad I learned on the dog, to be honest, because I'm gonna try to not fuck up my human child. In that, what I'm hearing from you is that by setting limits and boundaries or saying maybe a short sentence, that doesn't mean I love him any less or anything like that. It's like actually a very healthy thing to set boundaries and limits in a loving, safe way. Yeah. And I think Rebecca brought up about the, the emotions and that they cannot regulate their own emotions now. And so that in these situations, you want to acknowledge the emotions. I see how angry you are. And we're not going to have a pizza. And we're not. Like I often have parents say, like, yeah. I either have to toe the line, like, no, you can't have the pizza. I said you can't have the pizza, be, you know, or I have to give them the pizza. And the fact is there's this whole gray area in between of like, I'm not going to give you the pizza, but I totally get it. 
Because oftentimes kids are escalating because they feel like you don't understand how much I want a piece of pizza. So, so I'm now I'm not show even crying about the pizza. I'm just like, for the love of God, can you, you understand that this is a huge deal? And as parents, we do the opposite. We're like, it's pizza. You had it yesterday. You'll have it tomorrow. Like, take it easy. But you know from your own life that never I mean no one who ever says things like that to you that never feels good so you say like you're really frustrated you really want that pizza I know pizza's delicious like squeeze my hand as hard as you possibly can because we're not having another piece of pizza do you feel but like you did this Lori? I did all this and that's is it. that so true because absolutely and, I'm oh god and her so kids are wonderful oh, they're so perfect <laughs> no they're not but but it, I remember I remember so often just sitting and saying I get it I understand how I know you want ice cream I'm sorry I can't give it to you right. today but we've had enough treats already and we can maybe have it tomorrow but I'm and I'm really sorry and I get I I want ice cream too but it's just not going to happen today and you say and they really do get it it calms them them down it calms them down but then there there was one point I wish I could remember it was me sharing Jamie and I said I'm sorry I I understand I know you want that doll but I I just like stop saying you understand stop saying it stop saying (laughs) right well my my son's been like but you're in charge you can get me ice cream and I'm like that is an excellent point however (laughs) stop saying how much you understand oh god because once they actually get rational thinking it's like now we're dealing with negotiating and right but some natural consequences and like the i just want to say one more thing about the the giving long explanations because not only is it going bye-bye a lot especially if they're in emotion state but it's also it's really feeding like let's make this this really big deal let's really connect on this and particularly if you're a working mom if you're a mom of more than one kid if you like every mom in the Ain't got the time right now is on your phone well no it's not only that it's that suddenly that becomes the behavior that gets that, that sucks gets mom you to in. pay attention it's like oh so mom is suddenly not paying attention to my brother and not paying attention to her phone and stopped cooking dinner and isn't emailing her colleagues because i am going nuts about wanting more pizza i think so this it works is working for me and so yeah. part of the short explanation is something like guys so you are blowing my mind all day today <laughs> and then you can say if you have that time and energy right then I told you we're not having more pizza now, but I'd love to go play Legos. And and so by all means, give them that time and attention if in that moment you have it, but don't make it contingent on their acting in this way that you're actually trying to. Yeah. Why is yeah. this shit because you also not make taught. it into the show that they're going to want to see tomorrow right. too, you know? Why is this shit not taught? I don't understand. Like I feel like backwards. we would be making such better human like like I just feel like I know so many parents that don't well, in my former job, I taught pediatricians because that those yeah. are the people that are actually interfacing with parents and parents have these questions. And pediatricians actually don't learn, for example, about attachment in training to be a pediatrician. Uh, yeah. Uh, now I'm going to get also. Yeah, yeah. So which is like another podcast. Can you say, I did a, yes. sorry, I just no, go, say, I did a, a please, in Canada for five years. I'm, mm. I'm Canadian by birth. Mm. And which I went is up why there. you're so lovely. It was, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Freaking <laughs> love Canadians. My best friend love Canadians. Used, to, used to babysit Justin Trudeau. How crazy is that? <gasps> he is so, so cute. Sexy. I know. So anyway, I did a show called um, The Mom Show in Canada. And it was, it was, uh, our studio was basically um, a playroom, a living room and a kitchen. And we had on every day a super nanny. Her name was Nanny Rabina, and she was in the playroom with the kids. We'd have three moms, regular moms on with their kids. The kids would be in the playroom. We had a um, 
a pediatrician, and we had a family therapist. And those were our experts. And every day we would have three moms come in, they would talk about what was going through now, and we'd have the experts weigh in on it. It was such a great show. What? The, and, uh, have you sold this? No. I, well, I tried to sell it uh, to a network that shall not be named, and they said that parenting is too niche. So that they couldn't sell it. But like every, I mean. It's a big niche. It's a niche. <laughs> like it's a big niche. niche. So. And like very important because I feel like. And it was, uns- by the way, it was unscripted. It, the kids could, you know. No, but it would could, be cool because you could watch a kid have a tantrum and then you could see how someone would maybe deal with it. And then if you're at home in your life, you could translate it and use right. some of those tools. But the kids could like, we literally having us have our kids, they could just wander in and come and sit on your lap if they needed to. Or they could be in the other room. It was very loose and it was, it taught me so much about parenting. Mm. Yeah, because you're really good at it. Um, so... Tell me about Rye a little bit, too. I'm sorry we skipped over this, but can you explain, because we're saying that word a lot, and I think our, and I'm a fan of it, so tell our listeners, if you can, how would you explain the method? So um, one thing about Rye, which I should say right off the bat, is that it's impossible to do an elevator speech about it. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) So thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, But um, I can tell you a number of things. Rye is an approach to childcare, which um, emphasizes how we connect with our children and having a relationship with them, not as if they are little adults, but recognizing that they are people. And as as people, they need to be related to with respect mm-hmm. and with um, nurturing and also with firmness. Mm-hmm. So um, when we talk about respect, it's a it's a it's it's sometimes people are like respect babies, like. <laughs> What? Why? Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't get what you mean. But and we and and you see it every day how parents can often treat their they love their babies, but they don't always treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. And so you know, sort of dangling the baby, throwing the baby up in the air. Maybe that's not what the baby wants. Did you did was that was there any thought put into that, or just sort of picking the baby up, putting them on the changing table, doing the diaper change, putting them down, and not telling them sure. what's going on is disrespectful mm-hmm. and because they they can un- they can understand if you say I'm going to pick you up now you show yeah. them your hands and you wait until you get some kind of recognition that they've that they heard you yep you know maybe they move slightly toward you maybe they just make eye contact you know that's a respectful exchange and yep. you 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 don't see as much of that as I wish. Yeah, it's really, truly like an amazing thing. So when what I said about discipline and that it's really not about it's not about how can I get my child to do this or get my child to that to do that. It's really what kind of relationship do I want to have with my child and how do I want to influence what he or she becomes in the world and how can I do that in a respectful way? Mm. So. One of the examples that I gave, the child sitting on your lap trying to pull up, um, you recognize that they have physical needs. It's the same way that you recognize that they have these emotional needs when they become toddlers and they're overwhelmed by these giant emotions that they have. You recognize that. You acknowledge that. I know you want to pull up. I see you have this need, but you can't do it in this fashion because that hurts me Mm -hmm. or because it's not healthy or because it's dangerous, but I will give you another way of doing it. Mm -hmm. So... It, it kind of, it's just a very different exchange from don't do this or no, you can't do that. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. 
Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. How would you guys, like, for example, like, Rye, I go to the classes in L.A., I love it, I know it, my husband's never been, my nan has never been. How do you guys make sure that this united front of caretakers to your baby are all on the same page? Like, you know, my kid is with a nanny right now, I'm a working mom, he's with her a lot. And I'm curious about how... You know, how do we form a good team to make sure that everyone, like I said, is on the same page and we're all 
understanding that when huge emotional swings happen or they're throwing themselves on the floor and kicking and screaming that they didn't get pizza. Like, I know that, like, my nanny and I have a very different style. But even my husband and I, to be honest, are on different, you know, like Well, his... you should have asked him on the first date. <laughs> I should have. Can you imagine but the his... first date? So what do you think about so, child? What do you think about <laughs> child? Yeah. You don't know what Ryan is? <laughs> he, he's very, like, he has a much higher threshold for just, like, you know, so what? He's crying. Let him cry for a while. Like, he, he's, he has a much higher threshold for... I guess being tougher is maybe the word you would use or he um, he didn't carry him for nine months. It's a whole different dynamic. And also like with Rye stuff, like he loves our son so much and he's an incredible dad and he loves to smush on him and kiss him so much. And sometimes the baby audibly complains. (laughs) And I'm like, the baby is communicating with you that he don't want that right now. Like he's like, but I don't care. He's my baby. I'm kissing him everywhere. And and the baby's like completely whining and complaining. And I'm like, the baby is like, get the fuck out of my space. And Adam, I like to say to him, how would you feel if someone was doing that to you? Doesn't really translate, but I'm trying. So how would you guys suggest getting people on the same page for people who are listening if they don't line up exactly with their partner or whoever they're raising the baby? Anyone? Well, that's a tough question, and it comes up all the time in classes. Yeah. Um, and I think there it's 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 difficult. And I think you sometimes also have to choose your battles because you may not be able to be on the same page about every single interaction that happens in your home. Um, I do think that the more your uh, husband is able to, in this case, I'm saying yes. your husband, it, it can also be you know a nanny or a partner or, or whatever. You know? Yeah. But the more they're able to observe how you interact with your child. And, and and the success of those interactions, the more they might become a little more willing to accept your method or to try out some of the things that you're doing. Um, I think you might also look at, like, why is it that if, if – Taking the example that the 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 father is much more prone to be very very stern and feels sure. like the child's not getting enough quote unquote discipline, you might also look at like why is that? Is he thinking that what I'm doing is is too soft? Is it too soft? Um, you know what's needed for the child and 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 how can I not not just no I'm doing everything that's right and you You're need to change every, right. to what I'm doing? You know maybe maybe there's a reason that he thinks that more sternness is needed. Mm-hmm. You know maybe you're not being quite as you know, quite maybe you're not setting as many limits as are needed, or you're not being as firm and consistent about it. Interesting. So that I mean, that's that's not necessarily the case, but that's something to certainly. No, it's interesting at. So to it's look at yourself. Like, too. I know everything, <clears throat> and I'm going right. to tell you how to do that. Do it the right way, or whatever way that right. I feel is better. Right. Um, but definitely, I feel like the modeling can have a huge effect. I mean, it's particularly like in-laws. I've had people come into class and say, you know, my my in-laws just thought I was insane doing this right thing. It's so different from what they grew up with. It's so different from what they did with their children. But they saw me, you know, they saw my child sit down and have a snack and sit on a stool when he's 18 months old, and they were blown away. I think it's also, and I I do this a lot with parents that I work with, um, it can be a really beautiful conversation to say, what do we want him to look like when he's older? Like, what are the qualities that are most important to us as parents that are so, for example, I hear that a lot about affection. And I've even brought in, again, not to go on a political bent, but like the Me Too movement. Their body is their body Mm -hmm. and they are allowed to say, no, don't touch me. Mm -hmm. And that starts 
young. And so like, but if you want that and you value that, how do we get there? And then that can be a collaborative conversation between parents. And there's a lot of science backing up different ways. So it would be like, okay, I want my son or I want my daughter to be really confident and resilient. Okay, well, there's a lot of research showing that the best way to instill and promote confidence and resilience is with a really connected early childhood relationship, meeting your kids' needs. It's anti, it's counterintuitive. A lot of people feel like, oh, I need to foster independence early on so they become independent. Actually, and I don't mean independent in like the healthy rye way, I mean the like he needs to stop crying and buck up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, the opposite is true. When the early years of life, like showing that you're there to help your kid and be there for them emotionally, actually is what gives them confidence them be later. Confident. Right. So it's a lot of there are, quote unquote, some answers, not in a formulaic way of like do this, get this. Do, you know, it's not like you put in point money A to point and get B. Out your right. soda can, but having parents think together about what kind of a family do we want? What kind of a kid do we want? And then what are some ways that we can get there together can be a really collaborative and cool conversation to have, particularly not in the moment of the thing. And that's like... Right. When we're all calm. Right. You can't be having this conversation while freakouts are Exactly. Like sit and have dinner. And again... You know, and just talk about it in a fun way. I mean, it can be like a fun fantasy and thing. Wine. Like when my son goes to a therapist when he's 16, what do I want him to say about me? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, that's great. What do you think, Lori? <laughs> yeah, like, are you are you in are you guys so united? Like, uh, we are. You, I we mean, are. like, and have you been so united? And like, we do believe in grounding. We don't believe in grounding. This warrants, you know, like, we were a timeout family. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. And right. If we if we are not a united front, we never show it. Are we we talk I about it behind closed doors. It's key. They can never see the crack in the armor. They can never. They will. They will. Starting from very young, they will know that. Oh, mom's the sucker, and will say yes, and dad will say no, and and you know, and they'll work it if they if they want. So. Um, Michael and I have always tried really hard to stay on the same page. I always thought I would be like the the iron fist and he was going to be the velvet glove, the pushover. And it's it actually turned around to be the other way around. But for somehow we we keep it calm. We don't fight in front of them and we don't yell at them. And and that that's a controversial thing, too. We keep a very calm household. But the problem with a calm household, I don't know whether we've done them any favors, because now when somebody yells at them, they collapse. They, mm. they don't know what is going on because we mm. honestly rarely, if ever, raised our voices to them. We just always kept a calm, like, look it, this is what it's going to be. And we're not going to listen to it. I this think is... that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it is great, know, except but... that, that, you know, the other day... No, it was actually not the other. It was like years ago. But I was like, damn it, Michael, I'm really blah, blah, blah. And and my daughter looked and she said, stop screaming at daddy. Stop screaming. I'm like, I'm not screaming. (laughs) They don't even know what a a real. And it it has done them a bit of a disservice. But for the most part, they're calm kids. They walk into the world, you know, sort of with a very. And they also know that we love them. So when we do discipline them, you know, it's to the point now where my daughter says, Yes, I know you love me, Mom. <laughs> like, I get it. I understand that you have to do this, but you still love me. Yes, That's I get it. Great. So when they can finish that sentence for you, then it's good. Yes. Um, and I would just say that it's okay. I agree with you about the chink in the armor when it's sort of not a healthy discussion, but it's really also okay to say to your kid, like, I talked to daddy and I changed my mind, you know, or like, yes. you know, daddy and I talked about this and now I actually feel a little bit different. Oh, this you was know. a huge question. Yeah. That I want to like, say, like, how much of it is like I said, like, 
we're not going to have the pizza. I've heard from other moms just as in life, like, do not go back on that. Like the minute you say or or this type of thing. okay? if you do that one more time, I'm just explaining to you, we're going to leave the party. Okay, Um, I've said that we're not going to do whatever it is five times and on the sixth time we're going to leave the party whatever it is and i i know a mom who i respect very well and her kids are awesome and she was like let me tell you something it only takes a couple times but you leave that party and they and they know that your word means something yeah, you have to stick and they, stick they can't them. is that true well, I, I think, think that, i mean i think yeah. there are two questions about consistency so one is that yes when you when, I, I mean the leave the party thing i would say i see you're having a hard time being here too much is going on. We need to go home. Right. I mean, that's you know, you can't hit. You 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 hit your friend. We're going to go. Uh, it's not so much like I'm going to threaten you and I'm going to give you five chances because they'll take the five chances. Um, but I think uh, Rebecca's point about changing your mind. You know, there are going to be times when you cannot hold the line because you're human. You have you know the stresses of life in New York City or life in a rural town. I mean, you have a lot of stresses. So um, at, there's going to be the time where you say, you know what? I thought about it. We're going to have another pizza today. We're going to have another piece. You know, and it's you, not. Yeah. It's not. You, you. If you have established that you are the authority, and if you've established that you have this kind of relationship with your child, where you do talk about these things and you do set limits and you do recognize his emotions and his needs, then you go back on it one time. You go back on it. You know, five times in in two months. It's not going to change that they know that you're the authority. That, yes. No, and I, I love that you so say that you say, you say I, I thought, thought about, about it. it. It's giving them th- they'll human. respect you and more for modeling. that. Like, wait a second, I, I misspoke. Yes, this is what a yeah. human being does when they make a mistake right. Right. or right. when they change I their the mind. Right. In my book, because I get this question all the time. It's a personal example, and I just think it speaks to this because parents say to me all the time, like exactly that question. Like you say to be really consistent, but also that I'm human and I can make mistakes. And I think your point is very well taken, which is that the point is you're overall consistent. And then you can, but I, Henry, who's my oldest, who's turning um, five in March when he was three, I remember he called me into his room at one point at like two in the morning. And he sort of knew that he could only call me in if it was an emergency, but the emergency was that he wanted more ice in his water. (laughs) And it's two in the morning and he called me out of bed and he asked for more ice in his water, this little, friggin' three-year-old, right? And I said, no, that's not an emergency. I'm not getting you ice in, in your water. That's insane. And he started to lose his mind. And what I was able to do, and I can't always do this, but I talked about this, I was able to just stop for a second and take stock and be like, okay, I'm exhausted. I have a big day at work tomorrow. Just get it done. He's never done this before. I am taking a risk that if I go get him ice for his water, maybe tomorrow he'll wake up and want it again. And then I, it's just one choice point in time. Like it's just, it's not because parents get overwhelmed with like, well, if I say no now, I mean, if I say yes now, every night till he's 15, he's going to wake. It's like, no, like, right. Like what's happening right now? And I ended up getting him ice for his water. You know, I went all the way downstairs. I got him ice and it was just the path of least resistance. But I said it out loud, not because at age three in the middle of the night, he would understand. But as a way of starting to practice, I said, you know what? I changed my mind. I am going to get you ice for your water and I'm going to get you ice for your water because I really need to get back to sleep. And so do you and I went down and I did it and he didn't wake up the next night wanting it and if he had then maybe I would take a different approach like it's 
It's right. You also, can't. You, he, you say he didn't understand, and and maybe you know the words weren't computing the way they would in our minds. But I think he probably sensed you had a change in tone. Right, and that is that communicated and to him energy, everything he needed to know. Hundred percent. Right. I agree. And again, it's also just modeling, being thoughtful, as you said, and just practicing for when he's older and does realize. And I am going to need to say, you know what? Yeah, I I said this, and and I thought about it, and I'm changing. And actually, my mind. your curfew can be eleven thirty. Right. And I'm changing my mind for my needs. <laughs> like that was an 10. important piece of it for me. Sure. Like this actually is going to be about me right now. I want to get back to sleep. And so that's why I'm. What do parents, what do you guys think about when this shit goes down in public? Because <laughs> like, and whatnot? yeah, like that's the stuff that like I'm, I, you know, <clears throat> having a one year old, we talk about this a lot in the podcast about, you know, hopefully finding a mom crew or friends that really you do truly feel supported by and not judged by or you don't judge others because as we all know this this mothering thing women can be very harsh and it can be a very unfortunately judgment-filled space um and i'm I'm, judging you now yeah i can tell you are i can tell but i feel like as i move forward i have this awesome group of moms we're all very close. We have babies all the same age. And I'm really curious to see how, you know, because we're already starting to to split off with, like, I know the moms who are, like, in the group who are, like, super fucking tough and hardcore. And I know the moms who are, like, super, super lax. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's already, like, becoming clear and where I'm falling in that line. But I'm curious when we're at each other's one-year birthday parties coming up and – or, no, not one, but probably, like, two or three and, like – freak out start to happen or babies need to leave the party because babies aren't having or the toddler's not having a you're not you're not enjoying yourself at this party so it's time to go um or the person who's like you get six chances and then we're out of here or the mom who grabs that child by the arm very roughly i mean look like we've all seen these things so like what are your tips for public boundary setting with like, your own kid. with your own with child. Your I think the number one thing I say to go back to what we said, like, because this comes up all the time, is that's the most important time to be on the same team as your kid. Because what I see all the time is parents who talk to me or I'll do an observation or whatever, and their kid will start melting down in the playground, and their immediate alliance is to the other moms. So they'll immediately feel, like, embarrassed that their kid is, you know, and they'll, oh, I'm sorry. You know, sorry, no one can see me. You know, like they'll they'll look at the other moms and, and I'm say, so oh, sorry, I'm sorry, my kids are shit. Or on the yeah. on the grocery store line, you know, they'll their kid will start grabbing something and they'll look at the other customers. Oh, I'm so you know, I'm sorry. I you know, he's not. You gotta just try to tune that stuff out as your first. It's not that you can't eventually circle back, and if your kid hit some old woman by all means, but like you're, it's like you go to your kid, and again, you're on your kid's team. It's not I gave you six chances. It's like this isn't working for you. I'm right here. Let's go outside and talk about it. Let's figure it out. Or um, because I think I've seen I've seen it in like a in a moment. Kids sense when that connectedness is lost. And if they're having a big emotional reaction, like a tantrum in public, the number one thing that's going to make it amp up is sensing like where'd my mom go. Like my mom is she's right not here, on my team. but she's not actually with me. She's now suddenly best friends with that person she's never seen before. And I think we have to examine our own instincts about like, 
why am I suddenly best friends with that woman who I've never seen before when my own kid Yeah, who's more important to you? The kids, the other mothers at the playground? No, my child. Your child. Of course. Or even your friend who has a different approach. Which we all know and then in the moment though it's just for whatever reason. It's so hard. That judgment thing is one of the hardest things to deal with I think. Mm -hmm. But but, uh, the remembering, you know, the relationship with your child is the most important and then also remembering that it, it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things that your child had a meltdown, you know, in the cereal aisle. Right. Michael was, I mean, Michael was taking Jamie across the street one day and she wouldn't hold his hand. And he's like, you have to hold my hand. I'm not going to hold your hand. She had a complete meltdown in the middle of the corner of 84th and Broadway. Oof. And he just, I mean, and literally people are walking by and go, hey, Gelman. <laughs> I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's a very public yeah, Gelman's meltdown. like famous. Yeah. And, and I remember because I was there too, what he did was he crouched down. He, he, you got to get down to their level because if you're just towering over them yelling at the, it's not going right. to get down to their level. I understand you're upset. This is a safety issue. Like, whatever it is you have to say to get them to right. do, this We're is unacceptable behavior, which lying down in the middle of the street is, mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. You have. But I, the hardest thing you'll ever do as a parent is not lose it. I mean, you swallow so much rage sometimes when you just want to scream back. And it's the probably the worst thing you can do, because if you're a screamer, they'll be a screamer, and then that's the relationship. But if you can just tamp it down, walk away for 10 seconds... Make sure they're safe, but just you know, take a, take ten breaths because sometimes that's as many as it you need. Um, come back; it'll it'll Diffuse. make for a happier environment in general. In and your sometimes you're not going to be able to do that, and you're going to scream at your kid and say something you regret. And the idea of rupture and repair, like you go back and you apologize. You say I'm sorry. Yeah. You say yeah. I'm sorry. A lot. We were on 84th and Broadway, which is by the way where my grandparents used to live. I grew up on 81st <laughs> and Broadway, but you know we were on 84th and Broadway, and I just. I got really impatient and I lost my mind and I'm sorry that I, you know, used the F word and I yanked you. I don't do that a lot. And at the same time, so you can't lie down on the street. And so let's go have an ice cream. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I think also a part of your question, though, has to do with just friends and your 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 group. fellow moms yeah. and your group yeah. and, you know, other parents that you yeah. interact with. And I think, but again, it's the most important thing is you stay close to your child and your child can understand, you know, Jim's house is different from my house. This is how Jim's mom behaves. Or even just, you know, that mom at the playground. It's like, I don't think that she wants you to play with, you know, Johnny's truck. You know, in our house, I, you know, you would be able to do that. You would be able to play with your friend's toys. But she doesn't really want you to. So let's go to the sandbox or, you know. Yeah, the house that um, you're allowed to watch Pretty Woman at when you're 12 is like the house that every kid wants to have a sleepover at. Do you know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's, that's, a, whole has, that's, that's a whole other. That's a whole other boundaries, <laughs> and is like begging for someone, a parent, to say no. This is an inappropriate movie for you, right? You know, you you know, you they think that they're the cool kid, but they really would love it if somebody told them. You know, that is huge to hear. That is huge to hear. The, my relationship is with my child. You know, that's the most valued in my life, and like the one that I have to. Yeah, like prioritize prioritize and practice the methods that feel the best for us, no matter where we are or who's looking. Yeah. Um, This is so helpful. I feel like we've been talking forever and it is nowhere near enough. Can we just go around really quick and say, I don't know, any words of wisdom or like a quick advice you have for anyone embarking on this journey of parenthood? I mean, I feel like we touched on some real fucking gems. But if there's anything you guys forgot or feel like you didn't get in, I mean, again, there this is endless. But something to maybe remember or put in the back of their pocket. 
Hang on. Let me get my notes out. <laughs> I actually I love that we're on the same team. I love that we're... I think love and limits I talk about all the time. Like, just when in doubt, go back to, like, how does the love thing feel in my home? Not, like, do I love my kid, but are we showing it? Are we connecting? If I'm super, super busy all the time, can I leave my kids some Post-its? Can I tell them at night when I kiss them goodnight, you know, three specific times of day that I thought about them and in what way? And then how am I doing on limits? How am I doing on modeling the behavior I want? You know, and dressed as a general, like, quick and dirty guide, as you said, back pocket when your kid is acting in ways that you're not loving and you see it trending over time. Um, let me go back to love. Let me go back to limits. And then, like we said in the beginning, let me go back to what's happening in the whole system because you had that great point, Kristen, about there were family in town last week. You know, like, let me let me go back to see a, a big picture, bigger picture than I might be in. And figure out kind of what may be going on for my kid. And Can Lori go? Lori, <laughs> she has my notes. I know. I was just looking at my notes, and it's something I've said before. You need to listen to your child. Make sure you're listening to them and listening to them with clear ears and not with an agenda of any kind. Um, it's so important. They are trying to communicate to you in any way they can. And a lot of the tantrums come because of the frustration that you're not getting what they're trying to explain to you. So mm. listen to your child. Mm. Listen, 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 listen. So we have listen, we have love, and we have limits. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to add an R, which is <laughs> relationship. Yeah. That when you're parenting, you're building the relationship that you want to have with this being for your you know, life, the rest hopefully. of their life, you know, oh. um, and and that's, I mean, that's maybe just a sort of cosmic sound. No, it's question, so great. But if you hear. really go back to thinking, like, well, what kind of relationship do I want to have with this being, and how can I achieve that? Oh, you guys, this makes me feel so much better. I really, this was so helpful it and so like inspiring. You're on the right track anyway. And I think the three of you are so remarkable, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to be on Katie's crib. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to Katie's Crib. And be sure to check out Shondaland.com where you can find every episode of Katie's Crib. And we've got crib notes for each episode where you can find out more about our guests and links to some of the resources we talk about on the podcast. And last but not least, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically like wherever you get your podcasts. 